awesome. Linux in the his house. Okay, I'm just playing. <laughs> hey, uh, check this out. I'm I'm actually pursuing Linux right now. My goal is to be a Linux administrator, not just because the money's good, but because I, I just, I like Linux, man. It's something that um, I thought I'd be good at. And I'm hoping me and you can collaborate. Hopefully we can come up with some material to where we can share with the world. Um, man, this is awesome. I, I really hope that, I see the last um, episode you did was in April and I'm really hoping that that's not it. So hopefully you'll collab with me and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace. Hello. Um, how's it going? <laughs> it has been a while since I got my podcast and I see on Anchor that you have left me a message. Uh, I think it's cool that you're going after your uh, certifications and everything and you want to be a Linux system administrator. Um, I pretty much do that, uh, but it's all you know on my own free will and core. I don't get paid for it or anything. Um, but I do run several servers and you mentioned that you want to um, possibly collaborate that'd be cool um so if you see this if you're still on anchor and uh yeah if you if, you, if there's notifications i don't know anchor's different than what we used to um my last episode wasn't uh was like in july so it's been a while and uh we'll, so we'll see uh, where it goes but yeah let me know if you're still around i'd be interested in the same vein of ipfs are you aware of beaker browser it's a peer-to-peer browsing Hey, yeah, I am. Beaker's Beaker's an awesome project. Um, I've actually watched, um, can't remember his name right now, but I watched him actually live coding it um, a bunch on YouTube. Or it was just once on YouTube. And uh, yeah, Beaker's cool. I need to uh, start using it again. I haven't touched it in, oh, probably a few months. I don't know if I did a podcast on it. I may have mentioned it in a podcast I did about decentralization, but I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, cool project. I think it has uh, a lot of great potential. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the show. Um, yeah. So it's been a while. I apologize to all the all of you out there that actually like to listen to this podcast. Um, it's not. Uh, it's been a while. I've been super, super uh, productive on this end of things. Uh, I've been really busy with uh, my project, which is now. No longer called Archivatory, it's now called Nebulous, N-E-B-U-L-U-S, it's purposely spelled wrong. Um, you can go to there.app, um, nebulous.app, and you will find the website. Um, same thing it always has been, it's just I'm not doing the user front end stuff anymore. I want to uh, be a service to any applications running that use IPFS for their hosting, and I want it to be a way that they can propagate their stuff across the network and not have to worry about hosting every file they get because we can't compete. Um, I say we. <laughs> the centralized applications that are new in, in startups, they can't compete with YouTube. They can't compete with, with SoundCloud. They don't have the overhead, the money. They don't have the uh, the server space. So um, having it, having them have an easy way to actually host to IPFS is very important. Um, yeah, so that's that. And we have a Discord and everything. If you guys want to join that, feel free. Um, we do still have a XMPP server that I'm running through the Conversations app, technically the Conversations website maybe. Um, so check that out. I think if you go to hackerculture.us, let me go there now actually, uh, you should have a link. Yes, there's a link that says join the XMPP chat or you can get the RSS feed. Mm, it's pretty much all that's there. It's bare bones site. But if you click the 
join XMPP, it'll give you an XMPP link that will be automatically joined uh, to us. Uh, it should work. If it doesn't work, let me know because I don't know if it works or not. I've not looked at it in, in months. I've not touched that button in months. Uh, yeah. So today's topic is about um, a Dvorak again. And that's actually interesting because Dvorak is one of my, is not one of my, I think it is the most listened to podcast I ever did um, for this podcast was about Dvorak, the Dvorak keyboard, and um, I think in there I also talked about me switching to it. Um, and so this is a kind of like a follow-up and also uh, an update because I I don't type Dvorak anymore. Um, <laughs> that's kind of misleading. I do have to type Dvorak, but it's a different version of Dvorak. I type programmers Dvorak. Um, it's also known as like programmers Dvorak, or if you go on uh, like Linux, if you're going into set XKB map, it's going to be uh, DVP, I think is what it usually uses, or Dvorak dash programmer. Um, and what this does is it basically moves the the letters are all in the same places, uh, and so there's nothing wrong, nothing changes there. But what does change is the location of all the symbols and all the numbers. Um, so the reason I did this because I I never was I never got to the point where I was touch typing numbers without looking, and I so I wanted to to learn that I wanted to get that solidified, and I knew I know that like because I do a lot of programming now, um, I type a lot of symbols, type symbols more than I type numbers, and so having to hold shift key continuously, I noticed when I was just using regular Dvorak. Uh, it just was like not comfortable. I couldn't quite get the, the fingers to uh, to feel comfortable holding down all these keys and, and, and shifting and reaching for all these abstract, uh, all these obscure symbols. Uh, so I decided to hop into Programmer Dvorak and use that as my platform to learn how to type touch type numbers. Now again, this is kind of um, this is actually turned into a more of an, not more of an issue. It's been great. I love it. I love um, I love the Programmer Dvorak. I love that it, everything my fingers feel when I type. Um, and if I need to type a series of numbers in a row, I just hold, use press the uh, caps lock key, and it automatically shifts all of the symbols into uh, into numbers. So that's nice. That's a nice feature that, that was added into this. Um, the the problem is is that my distros on Linux. Um, so I just recently I was using Manjaro for a while. Last night I went and tried out Void Linux for a bit, which I quickly turned into Debian because <laughs> I didn't have time to, to just try and get Void Linux to do what I wanted to do. Um, so now I'm back on Debian. So we'll see how long that lasts. Um, I did like Manjaro a lot, and I might, I might still go back to Manjaro. Um, well, I, that's side point. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But uh, basically what I'm getting at is uh, when you go into logins, to log in for some reason, um, every distro so far, like well, this was happening on Manjaro for sure, and then now it's happening on Debian, it's happening on Void. Actually, it wasn't happening on Void as much, but we'll, we'll get on this. But in Debian now, I will enter into. Uh, so the reason I was switching distros because on this programmer or keyboard, I would go and enter into the login screen. I wouldn't be able to type my password. I have to like look at my keyboard and hold shift and do all this stuff because it was thinking I was using a QWERTY keyboard because my keyboard is a QWERTY keyboard. Um, 
and then I can go into the into Avenger and I have to go into the settings every time. Every time I logged into my computer, uh, or at least turned it on from from my from my reboot, I have to go in and I have to tell it, hey, I want this keyboard. I tell it use program to work. And that's getting super old. I'm the kind of guy that's like I want to I will sit down and I'll spend a week writing a script, you know, a big script or I guess you call it a program at that program at that point. Um, to do something that's tedious, I don't want to do every single time. Uh, and so, uh, the fact that I had to constantly go in and change the keyboard was driving me insane. Now, I bought a Waz keyboard for the sole purpose that I could put it into Dvorak mode, which is cool. But now that I'm using Programmer Dvorak, that's not an option on the keyboard, so I had to switch it back to QWERTY because whenever I would change my keyboard from Dvorak, uh, uh, tell my keyboard that she's programmer Dvorak and I was sending Dvorak keystrokes to the computer it was a whole bunch of messed up. <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. Uh, so I think my next logical step with the keyboard is to actually buy a keyboard that I just have to program myself because this is just getting too absurd. Um, so I switched, to, I switched to Debian. Now the least Debian and Void did the same thing. For some reason, I could not get Manjaro to do this. Maybe it was just the worst version I was using on Manjaro. Because um, I was using a, a, a community edition that was using i3. So if I download like a legit version of Manjaro, it would do the same thing. But basically now, I can get open. I was opening up Void or opening up Debian now, and um, the login screen still needs me to type in QWERTY. For, for whatever reason, I can't get the login screen to uh, type in Dvorak, because uh, I don't even need to be programmer Dvorak, I just need to be straight Dvorak, because uh, I don't have any numbers in my, my login. Uh, but then whenever I get into the actual into the actual um, operating system, I deleted out the, the default QWERTY keyboard layout, and I said the only keyboard that's there now is programmer Dvorak, so it's fine. I log in, everything's fine, I don't have to mess with it anymore. Uh, the login screen is kind of a pain in the butt, it's not a big deal. Uh, that's the only problem I'm having so far, and it'd be as simple as solving it Solving it simply by just getting a keyboard, programming it to be um, programmer Dvorak, and then telling Debian or Void or any distro or any opera system that I'm just using a QWERTY keyboard, because then it just thinks I'm using a QWERTY keyboard, and it's just like, oh, I'm getting a letter D, then he wants the letter D. But whenever you're whenever you're mapping it in software and you press like say the letter the letter H on a QWERTY keyboard, it says oh he pressed H he wants he wants the letter D, and so that's how that kind of works. Um, but I love it I like it a lot. Um, my fingers don't strain as much. Um, I still backspace way too much and that's killing me. I might I might map something to backspace. I don't know what though. Um, but it's been super great. the The biggest hurdle so far for me with this is um, the the question mark, not question mark, I'm sorry, the quotations and the colon. Um, so those two keys, uh, they're actually swapped in Programmer Dvorak. So like, I'll constantly press one for the other. So I still haven't, my, my muscle memory still hasn't driven that out of my brain yet, which is kind of crazy and kind of annoying. Um, if you look at, if you look at a picture of this, if you go to uh, just like, you know, Go to your first search engine and just search for Programmer Dvorak. You'll see pictures of it, and um, the number of keys aren't even in the, in the order that they are that you see on a typical Dvorak keyboard or a QWERTY keyboard. Um, they are actually the numbers one through uh, zero through nine. They are actually in the same location on the same keys as original Dvorak was. 
and um, it's fine. I like it. All the even numbers are on your right hand. All the odds are on your left hand, and uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, I find sometimes sometimes nines get difficult, which is where the six would be on a QWERTY keyboard. Uh, but other than that, it's not it's not much of an issue. Um, I do like the fact that I can just like type symbols without shifting, because uh, like I said, I do a lot of programming programming now. So and even just like scripting or anything, it's just like it just makes more sense. I don't use numbers that often whenever I'm whenever I'm making a program or something. Uh, so and you shouldn't apparently it's bad. Apparently it's bad coding if you use numbers. Don't hard code constants. Apparently is what I hear. Um, but yeah, if you if you look into this, um, there's a website. I'm on here now. This website is programmer-dvorak.appspot.com, and there's like lessons you can go through, and you can like you can learn how to type on it. But um, to say here, to say here, the programmer Dvorak is a modification of the of the Dvorak keyboard, which moves the characters that programmers usually need closer to the fingers and moves the digits for a bit away. It also rearranges digits in a certain order, putting odd numbers on the left and even even numbers on the right. Um, this was originally how the Warwick was positioned, as I mentioned. Uh, so this is like a, oh, it takes you to, there's a link that takes you to the original Dvorak keyboard and tabs. That's actually interesting that the tab key, the cab key is moved and the backspace is where the tab key is now. That'd be so much better. Um, still not the best because I have to like mash that button sometimes with my pinky, which hurts, but whatever. Those used to be a, uh, half key anyway <laughs> anyway I, I, I digress um and i guess i'm talking about like the original qwerty keyboard and everything this is actually written by a uh, this keyboard was created by 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 an individual um i wish i remembered his name here i'm gonna look it up real quick this is a live. This, we're doing this live, guys. I hope you guys did, don't mind. Um, so yeah, if you go to coffin.no slash Roland slash Dvorak, um, I, I, believe, I believe this is the guy or gal who made um, this keyboard. Basically, they just took QWERTY and they switched things around. So um, the, only other, the only keys that are in the exact same place as the original Dvorak keyboard, I believe, are the is uh, the letters. And is the letters are the letters and the question mark, uh, and the forward slash. They're the only ones that are in the same place. Um, even the the dash is moved. All symbols are different. So like, it's funny whenever I was had to, I typed the Vorak now it's fine. Like until I type symbols and numbers, and then was like completely lost again. I keep like typing on QWERTY again, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, if you go to Kaufman.no.roland.dvorak, you'll have um, all this information here. It talks about it and talks about there's even a, a variation for the number the keypad. So the keypad is different too. If you have a if you have a full keyboard with a, with a number pad, that changes as well. So keep that in mind. Um, I don't have a full keyboard. I don't need that number key. Uh, just type touch type numbers regardless. And um, yeah, it's it's great. I, I like it a lot. I think it's I think it's a a great a great modification on the Dvorak keyboard, especially if you are typing a lot of programmings, or you type a lot of symbols. It's a better option than the current the the default Dvorak keyboard. It's not the default Dvorak keyboard as was was originally made as we talked about, but it is the def it better it is better for symbol typing than the keyboard. If you just use a Dvorak keyboard or you go out and buy a Dvorak keyboard. 
and I dig it. Uh, I think if anyone is interested in and in, in checking it out, I, I, I wish you I wish you do. Um, on on Kaufman's website, they say, as a computer professional, you've probably done some typing over the years, a lot of typing, and your hands don't always love it, love you for it. I can tell you this for sure. Um, if you are concerned about catching that carpal tunnel syndrome, you should look into the Dvorak keyboards. And I said this in the last episode about Dvorak, the original one. Very true. My fingers do not hurt nearly as much, um, actually at all. Um, they will hurt if I'm typing on this crappy Chromebook uh, keyboard. The Chromebook's not crappy, but the, the keyboard's crappy. <laughs> um, those little like keys that look like pieces of gum, that that like hard throw, it, it hurts uh, my fingers. But typing on a mechanical keyboard, like my Cherry MX Clears, no pain whatsoever. Uh, so it's, it does help a lot. I do, I do, I will always say that forever because it's been a tremendous deal. The only time I have any problems if I found, if I'm like smashing the backspace button, my, my pinky starts to hurt. That's the only thing I've ever come across. So maybe I should just remap that. Call it a day, right? Put it in my uh, dot files. Um, but he goes on to say, um, the Vorak keywords have been designed to minimize finger movements. There's also the Vorak keywords for other languages, so you guys know that. Um, for the most common phrases typed, and when you type like that, your fingers move less and you have less strain. Simple. Okay, simple to do it. Um, that's all I have to say. I don't want to sit here and read this guy's post, or this person's post. So, if you have questions about the Vorak, send me a message on Anchor, if you're listening to this on Anchor. Um, if you're not on Anchor, you're listening to this on, like, Spotify or whatever. Um, you send me a message, uh, either on Discord, or you send me a message in XMPP. Uh, either way, it's fine with me. And if you're listening to this on Anchor, so shoot me a message, uh, of an audio message, and ask me your questions, and I will I will open this app up at least once a day now to make sure that uh, I I don't miss your messages. So, uh, but thanks to everyone who came in and uh, uh, those messages before, and uh, I apologize for the delay, and I hope to get more of this done and get back in the swing of this. So I, um, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening, and I hope you all uh, stay nerdy, stay curious. And all that, all that fun stuff. <laughs> all right, have a good one. Peace.